Let's conclude our talks from Ruth by reading Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 through 22. In these last verses of the book of Ruth, we have the birth of a son to Ruth and Boaz. His name was Obed, and he was the great-grandfather of King David. Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a near kinsman, and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women gave him a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron, Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. All right, let's start with a few background notes. There are two books in the Bible named after women. The book of Esther and the book of Ruth. In both of these books, we see providence at work. That is, the hand of God working behind the scenes and accomplishing his purposes through human history. There are no supernatural miracles in either Esther or Ruth. But in both books, we see God guiding human history through natural events. In the book of Ruth, we've seen how God brought Ruth, the Gentile from Moab, to the land of Israel and to the God of Israel through her mother-in-law, Naomi. We've seen how God guided Ruth to glean in the field of Boaz, the kind relative who was both able and willing to fulfill his responsibilities as kinsman redeemer. We've seen how God opened the door for Boaz to marry Ruth when the other relative turned down his responsibilities as kinsman redeemer. And now we see how God enabled Ruth to conceive and bear a son who would become the grandfather of King David and thus become a vital link in the lineage of Christ. In verse 14, the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a near kinsman. So Obed, you see, the child born to Ruth and Boaz became not only an heir of Elimelech's estate, but also a kinsman redeemer. When this boy grew up, he would be security for Naomi in her old age, as we see there in verse 15. Notice the high praise that is given to Ruth there in verse 15. The women say to Naomi that her daughter-in-law, who loves you, is better to you than seven sons. This is about the highest compliment that could be paid to a woman in those days. To have seven sons was considered a supreme blessing to a Hebrew family. When the neighbor women in verse 17 say that a son has been born to Naomi, they mean that Obed will be like a son to Naomi since her own sons had died. Furthermore, the word son, as used here, can infer grandson. The fact that the neighbor women helped name the child, as we see in verse 17, was a little unusual. 
But sometimes, even as in our own culture, parents took suggestions from friends as to what to name their baby. Obed, by the way, means servant, and probably refers to the fact that, as a kinsman redeemer, Obed would serve Naomi in her old age. Let's move now to a couple of doctrinal or teaching points. Doctrinal point number one, children are a gift from the Lord. Children are a gift from the Lord. Now that's a verse of scripture. Psalm 127, verse 3, says, Behold, children are a heritage or gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Now where is that truth taught here in Ruth chapter 4? Well, notice verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. The Lord gave Ruth conception or the Lord enabled Ruth to conceive. Remember how Ruth was not able to conceive when she was married to Malon. Now, in this case, it's quite obvious that God was in control and Obed was a gift from the Lord. But the same is true in every case in the conception and birth of a child. God is in control of all the factors and variables. Children are a gift from the Lord. That was true in Bible days. It's true today. Not only in cases like Ruth and Hannah, but in every case. Because children are a gift from the Lord, we should think of our children that way. We should not think of our children as a gift from the Lord to do with them whatever we want. No, we should think of our children as a gift from the Lord to do whatever it takes to show our thanks to the Lord for this wonderful gift. You who are parents here tonight, do you thank the Lord for your children? Do you recognize that they are a gift from the Lord? Think of your children as a gift on loan from the Lord. Think of the Lord coming to your home one day with a baby in his arms, your child. And he says to you, I'm giving you this child for about 18 years. I want you to take care of this child. I want you to feed this child. I want you to discipline this child. I want you to teach this child about me. This child is my gift to you. About 18 years from now, I'm coming back to lead this child on in life. At that time, I would like this child to be ready in every way for the challenge of life. Now, folks, that's the way we should view our children, as a gift from the Lord. Remember, the Lord determines whether we have children or not. But every child is a unique gift. Children are a gift from the Lord. Doctrinal point number two, God can turn mourning to joy. God can turn mourning to joy. In Jeremiah 31 and verse 13, we read, quote, God will turn their mourning into joy. Now in Jeremiah 31, this is specifically addressed to the nation of Israel and the joy that they will experience when they turn to the Lord in a coming day. But it certainly can be applied to Christians today as we turn to the Lord in a time of mourning. God can turn mourning to joy. Now, where do we see that truth taught in Ruth? Well, we see it in the life of Naomi. What a difference we see between the Naomi of chapter 1 and the Naomi of chapter 4. In chapter 1, Naomi is mourning. She loses a husband and two sons. Listen to her sadness in verses 20 and 21 of chapter 1 as she recounts 
her bitter experiences. So Naomi said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. You remember Naomi means pleasant. And she's saying, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara or bitterness, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. But now look at Naomi in chapter 4. Her mourning has been turned to joy. She is the proud and happy grandmother and nurse of Obed. Verse 16, Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Furthermore, Obed is her security and family heir. What a change of circumstances for Naomi. In less than a year, it seems, her mourning has been turned to joy. Well, you know, the Lord can do the same for us. God can turn mourning to joy. Now, maybe some of you are mourning right now. Maybe not on the outside, but maybe on the inside. Maybe some of you are getting older and you don't have the joy that you once had. Maybe some of you have lost a loved one. Maybe you're a widow or a widower and life does not have the joy that it once had. Well, listen, God can turn mourning to joy. You know, my own mother-in-law, I believe, is a wonderful illustration here. Like Naomi, she is a widow, and like Naomi, she unexpectedly lost a son this past year. But God, in his wonderful ways, has brought my mother-in-law into a new situation with a new circle of godly friends and new surroundings and new opportunities to serve the Lord. There is new joy in her life. God can turn mourning to joy. What about practical application? Practical application number one, your link to Christ is more important than living happily ever after on earth. Your link to Christ is more important than living happily ever after on earth. Ruth is certainly a story that could have closed with the words, and they lived happily ever after. But the Holy Spirit chose to end the book with a genealogy. Why? Because of the link we see here to Christ. Ruth becomes the great-grandmother of King David and a significant link in the lineage of the coming Messiah. This is more important than living happily ever after on earth. I believe there's a practical lesson here for us. We would all like to live happily ever after on earth, but that's not the most important matter. Your relationship to Christ is far more important. Becoming a Christian and knowing Christ as your personal Savior is far more important than living happily ever after on this earth. Only then, when you have the right relationship with Christ, will you live happily ever after in heaven. Your link to Christ is more important than living happily ever after on this earth. Practical application number two. You too can be a happy grandparent. You too can be a happy grandparent. Now, some of us here are grandparents. As you know, Margie and I became grandparents for the third time two weeks ago. Now, years ago, when we thought about being grandparents, it was not a happy or exciting prospect, at least not for me. You know, it meant that we would be old and over the hill. But now that we are grandparents, it's great. 
Like Naomi, we are happy grandparents. And one of the big reasons that we're happy is that we realize that we can play a significant role in helping to bring our grandchildren up for the Lord. Think of the input that Naomi had in Obed's life. We see here in verse 16 that she becomes his nanny or nursemaid. Now, how many Bible stories do you think Obed learned from Naomi? How happy that must have made Naomi just to see Obed growing in the faith. Well, the same is true for us. Even though you may be separated from your grandchildren by many miles in this mobile society, you can still have a very significant input into the lives of your grandchildren by sending them Bible stories on tape or uh, Bible videos writing them letters and so forth. You know, Margie reads Bible stories onto tape and then sends them to our granddaughter, Callie. And then Callie listens to the tapes as she goes to sleep. This is great. Uh, she's learning the Bible story. And we've sent videos. Already, I send Callie and Connor, who's coming along now, a creation magazine. <laughs> they can't read yet, but they're looking at the pictures. And, you know, little by little, they'll have the truth right from their childhood years on. You know, sometimes as grandparents, we have a little bit more time than, than the parents do to think through these things and what's helpful. So um, you too can be a happy grandparent.